I'm Becca Hilburn. I am a kid-lit comic artist. I am super passionate about comics and teaching other people how to make comics. I have an MFA from SCAD, the College of Creative Careers, and I love teaching people through community education, through art supply store workshops, through conventions, and through my blog and my YouTube channel. I also create a watercolor all-ages comic, 7-Inch Kara, which you can read for free at 7inchkara.com, or you can hold out for the upcoming Kickstarter for Volume 2, which should be sometime this summer. That's awesome. Um, and I know there's really a, a special interest right now in graphic arts as a whole, whether it's graphic novels, whether it's web comics. Um, what, what made you decide to go into that specific field? I think I actually predate that trend by a little bit. Um, so I graduated SCAD in 2013, and I knew I wanted to make comics for girls. So I kind of made it my mission to make comics for girls. And while I was finishing up my time at SCAD, they actually brought in Raina Telgemeier to come talk to us. And getting to meet another female comic artist who wanted to serve the same group I wanted to serve was really inspiring. And it really kind of lit a fire under my booty. She's the author of Smile, am I right? That is correct. Yeah, and I know I've, I've seen Smile on required reading lists uh, for different schools, especially even here in Nashville. So Yeah. That's fantastic. I'm really, really glad that, start, that schools are starting to accept that comics are actual, you know, literary material rather than something that's detrimental to literary material. Yeah, and um, I know a lot of younger people are artists themselves and they're wanting to get into the arts as, as a way of, as a career or even as sort of a, a side way of making money. Uh, what kind of advice or tips would you give to someone who... Um, may not, maybe just be getting into their work as an artist, just starting out? So, to be very blunt, I would recommend not going into comics as an industry. If you love it, that's fantastic, but it's great to have something else that pays the bills because comics will not pay the bills. Um, I would also recommend you think really carefully about whether art school is a good fit for you. Don't allow other people to bully you into that. What I did was I went to a four-year college in my local area. I'm originally from the New Orleans area. I went to the University of UNO for my bachelor's in art. And then I went and got my master's at SCAT. And that's a little bit more affordable. But these days, there's so many phenomenal online resources, both free and um, paid. Maybe like Schoolism is a fantastic resource. Um, and Skillshare has a lot of like intro level classes that'll teach you the basics. So you don't really need an art school education to make comics. I think that's really true. I've, I've uh, seen a lot of webcomic artists especially who have, are largely self-taught. Yeah, well, self-taught is a bit of a misnomer. They are learning from somewhere. And a lot of younger artists, because I teach younger artists through conventions and stuff, they misunderstand that self-taught doesn't mean it just comes to you from the ether. It means that you went and you looked up the information or someone shared that information with you and then you motivated yourself to do it. Sure, that makes sense. Um, are, there, are there specific role models or people that uh, served as inspiration for you uh, when you were growing up? Oh, for sure. So um, I kind of was a teenager in the 2000s and art tutorials, art information was really, really limited. I grew up in a very small town. 
Um, I wasn't able to take any art classes because I was in honors and they kind of forced us out of the arts. So um, I had to do a lot of my education online. And at the time, Jay Dillon, I think her name is Julie Dillon now, she's still a productive artist. She's still making things, but she was like it for comic art available online for free. So she was a huge inspiration for me. That's that's really cool. I think everyone deserves a or needs a good role model, especially as they're growing up. Um, in terms of other artists uh, whose work you admire, uh, I think that's always especially important too. I, I love to write, and I I have certain authors whose work I can't get enough of. Um, who could you who could you say was is on that list for you? So I do comics that are. And I apologize for that meowing cat in the background. <laughs> he thinks he's going outside, and he's not. Um, Sounds I like my cat. <laughs> <laughs> stories that are kind of softer and gentler so um, fantastic escapism I guess so like Diana Wynne Jones is a huge inspiration um, I read a lot of the and now I can't remember his name the guy who did the, the Black Cauldron Alexander oh, that's, um, I'm sorry that's Lloyd Alexander I think thank you there we go <laughs> um, let's see Stuff like Alice in Wonderland, like really gentle children's fantasy. I was really into the Chronicles of Narnia as a kid. The sort of environments that paint these large vistas to explore where um, problem solving and conflict resolution and interpersonal relationships are prized over action. That's kind of my jam. So Studio Ghibli stuff is really big for me. But I also like... um, like lighthearted comedy that doesn't make someone else the butt of the joke. So uh, Kiyohiko Azuma's Yotsuba is a really big inspiration, or his Ajumanga Manga Dayo series. Um, a lot of manga is really what what I still find inspirational year after year. I think that's an interesting point that you bring up about the the importance of the conflict resolution and team building and. A lot of times we don't see that in young adult literature or no. or web, web literature, um, and I know a lot of a lot of our young people, especially our listeners, may have experienced bullying or you know yeah. made to feel outsiders just because they're different. Um, yeah. What would you What would you say to to someone who? Uh, <laughs> he sounds just like my cat. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's okay. Uh, but what What would you say to someone who? who may be in middle school or high school and was going through a hard time. That Okay, so those were the years that my life was the hardest. My dad had a drinking problem, and it really affected my family, and it triggered my younger brother's bipolar onset episode, and I was, I was struggling with depression issues at the time. So that's when I got into comics, and that's when I got into drawing, and I spent all of my time hold up reading or drawing, you know, just trying to survive those years. And I think it's both easier and harder for people because you have the internet. I mean, I had the internet then too, and I used to play a lot of like um, multiplayer online video games. So it can be great because you can escape, but you're also surrounded by people who might be looking to take advantage of your vulnerability. So. Uh, kind of my advice to them is just to stay strong. I know it's hard to believe that it gets better because when I was a teenager and my dad was drinking and my mom was thinking about leaving him and things were awful, I couldn't see it getting better ever, but it does. 
you're going to have your own life soon. You're going to get to make your own decisions soon. And that can be wonderful and terrible because you're responsible for everything. <laughs> and you, I mean, I shoot, when I was 13, when I was 14, I thought I was going to take off like a rocket. I knew I wanted to be a comic artist. I thought by the age I am now, 33, I thought I was going to be, you know, respected. And I thought I was going to have a career. And I thought I was going to make things that make a difference. And I do make things that make a difference, but it has to be on a one-on-one -on -one individual level. Because you can't control whether or not your work's going to get famous. All you can do is make the work and put it out there and hope. But making things that I hope make other people happy and making things that make me happy have been a source of communication and a source of escape for me for almost two decades now. And you got to find what works for you and the kind of stories that you want to tell and the kind of message you want to convey and the mark you want to leave on the world. Because being a writer, being an illustrator, being a comic person, you can make a huge difference because you can reach people in a way that politicians don't necessarily reach people or teachers can't always reach people or celebrities who are famous for just being a celebrity can't always reach people. You can cause them to think and you can give them hope and you can inspire their dreams and their future. So it can be a really wonderful thing, but it can also be a heavy burden to, to carry. I, I definitely agree with you. I, I feel like I, I couldn't tell you who my favorite singer or my favorite actor was when I was in eighth <laughs> grade, but I can tell you what my favorite book was. Yep, same thing. Because <laughs> <laughs> it left a huge mark. Absolutely, and those are books that you can you can go back to and love all over again when you're an adult. Yeah. And some of them, you can recommend them now, or you could recommend them 20 years, and they're still going to be important. Absolutely, and I think that's that's one thing about about art and about literature that that connect in a way that um, that other mediums really can't connect with. Yeah, and I think so much of it is because the reader brings their imagination to the table. Yeah. Even in comics where the, the art is there for you, you still, you hear the voices in your head and you imagine their body language and you imagine their interactions outside of the book. Yeah, I mean, my, my interpretation of The Hobbit is not going to be the same as some other eighth grade kid or some other oh. person's, absolutely. <laughs> yep, that's why I can't see movie adaptations of books I love because it's just like, no, it's all wrong. That's <laughs> not how I thought. <laughs> Yeah, I'm I'm definitely with you there. Um, can you I, obviously? <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, that's okay. We're just it's all day long for me too. That's all right. You know, cats know that we are we are their staff. That's right. Here to serve. <laughs> and obviously, you know, artists is one of your main talents. But can you tell us about another hidden talent that people may not know about? Um. Yeah. So a lot of people look at my work and they just see the art. But I'm a writer, and I started out as a writer. And I started out as a writer who was going to work with other artists, and I got tired of them flaking on me. So I decided it was important enough that I was going to learn how to draw. So I don't just write my own stories. I've written for other people, and I write for my blog as well. So that's a big part of my life that people kind of forget. Um, I also like to sing. I'm a decent singer. I wouldn't go on YouTube with it, but I used to be in choir and an ensemble, and that's the thing I really miss. The art has kind of taken away the time to pursue things like that. And I used to play multiple instruments, which I haven't kept up with because 
I've had to sacrifice that to the altar of drawing as well. Oh, and I like hiking and taking macro photos of little things. Oh, that's really cool. Uh, sort of like the, uh, the Tiny Man Project and that sort of thing. Yeah, like that. Yeah, those are awesome. I've seen a lot of books and, and different tumblers and things of that. Uh, that kind of is a good lead into my next question, which would be, it seems like most art, most if not all artists have a special place that they enjoy going for, for inspiration or um, a special recharging ability. Is Do you have mm -hmm. a place that you especially enjoy? Oh, I just like being outside. Um, I live in Tennessee now. I used to live in Louisiana. When I lived in Louisiana, I liked hanging out in my mom's backyard and just kind of staring across the levee into the woods beyond it. And when I was a really little kid, my grandparents owned a lot of property in Mississippi, and we would just run wild in the woods. So now it's um, going for walks and looking at the cherry blossoms, which are blooming right now, and just kind of trying to be outside. That's 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 fantastic, and I know they just saved those uh, cherry trees in Nashville, yeah. which were supposed to be cut I know. down. I'm so excited about that. Me too, because that had been. That, to me, that's the power of um, people coming together as a group, yeah, for one thing. Yeah. It was a for me, it was like kind of a deal because like Nashville, if you get rid of those cherries, trees, we're done. <laughs> so we, no, you've restored my faith. We can handle the traffic, we can handle the construction, but don't take away the cherry trees. Yup. <laughs> and um, in terms of your, your work experience as an artist, is there something kind of funny or unusual that you would like to, to share with everyone that happened to you? Oh my gosh, there's quite a few stories. So I, um, I don't just draw comics. I mean, you could just draw comics. I'm not saying like, oh, you know. Um, but to pay the bills, you do have to do other things, especially if you're self-publishing. I do a lot of conventions. I do anime cons. I've done Lego shows. I've done superhero shows. I've done indie comic cons. I mean, I do, especially in the Nashville area, I do almost anything that comes down the pipe because it's all a chance to get to talk to people and a chance to talk about the stuff I'm working on and the stuff they're working on. And it's a chance to encourage a new generation of artists. So, um, gee whiz, I'm not sure some of my stories would be quite appropriate for kiddos and, and young adults just because I've had some really weird, not okay things happen at shows, um, which are funny now because it's like, I survived. But it's also kind of like, mm, if you want to start doing cons, maybe have your parents help you. Actually, yes, have your parents help you because it's nice to have help and an assistant anyway, and it lets you go to the bathroom. So, gee whiz, a funny story. Hmm. Um, I don't know about funny. So I've been here for five years. And I've been trying to find work outside of the house for about as long as I've lived here. And I've just had like no dice, no luck, nobody wants me. And I started teaching comic classes with community ed. And now I'm starting to get callbacks from places that ignored my applications because they want me to come teach with them. Is that a funny story? I think so. <laughs> it's, like, it's like ironic, but sometimes you have to change your gears a little bit and rethink things in order to make progress and move forward. Sure. And um, I think especially now in, in Nashville, there's, there's all sorts of need for different things. Uh, you mentioned, yeah. you mentioned the convention circuit earlier and 
I think it's incredible that the convention circuit is as diversified as it is now. It is, yeah. A lot of libraries are doing their own their own little shows now. Which we is are really cool. I even did a virtual Comic Con here last year. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, and I think that I may keep your contact information if that's all right with you because uh, I yeah, please do. I'd like to because we, we try to present our materials in, in an accessible format for people who may not have access to traditional libraries for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. So we want to make it uh, in the forms of audio recordings, uh, in the forms of downloadable material. So I'm really enthusiastic about that. That sounds really cool. Accessibility is really important. Especially, um, especially since you have... Even even now, you have a digital divide where people, maybe in rural areas, they may not have internet access. Mm-hmm. Um, they may not be able to use traditional internet because of disability. And that kind of is a good segue for another question I had, which is, I know, especially in comics, there's a lot of um, emphasis on basically portrayal of groups that may not be traditionally depicted in comics. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what, if anything, have you done in your work uh, in that respect? So I need to continue to improve in that aspect. I am not always the best at depicting physical disabilities. Um, my character, Kara, is coded as ADHD because I'm ADHD. I don't ever go out and say it. But her language, her her actions are very much pulled from my own childhood. Um, and part of that is because when I was a girl, girls didn't have ADHD. That was something boys had. So I was like the one girl in any of my classes who had ADHD, and my teachers would out me, and it was awful. It was everything that I was was considered inappropriate for a girl. And um, it was really important for me to make a character who had those traits and they were not portrayed as negative. They were just who she is. And sometimes they have detrimental effects because our, our actions do have consequences, and sometimes they are seen as attributes to be admired because some of them are legitimately attributes to be admired. Um, I try to have diverse casts when I do various projects. I try to have most, I, most of my characters are, are female or female-coded. Um, because I'm a woman, and you know that's my part in contributing towards that diversity. Um, and I kind of leave some of the other portrayals to people who can tell those stories better than I can because they've lived it. Um, but I really would like to start improving on showing um, a better diversity of age because we do live in an ageist society, and I'd like to show a better um, diversity of people with different physical abilities and different physical strengths and attributes. So that's something I'm definitely wanting to work on more in the future. The comic I'm currently working on as a long-form comic has a very small cast. It's basically Kara and her parents, and then Naomi, who's an African-American teenager, her pet kitten, and her father. So it's a really small cast. Yeah, um, I think the disability um, topic is is an interesting one because I myself have a disability also, and mm-hmm. our patron base is we cater to those with disabilities. Is there a specific challenge that you feel like you've had to overcome um, with with either a disability or not in your life? Oh shoot, just being me in general is because like you can probably tell I'm a very energetic person, and uh, I also 
just feel things really intensely. So people like me until they don't like me. Beck is great, and then nope, Beck is too much. So I've lost professional opportunities because people found me to be too intense or they thought that I was insincere. I Look, I don't lie, and I don't say things I don't mean. And in our society, you know, people do kind of hedge their bets. So it's unusual to deal with someone who's going to just be who they are all the time. So maybe that was it. I don't know. But I definitely feel like the fact that I don't necessarily understand. Okay, so I'm a member of SCBWI. That's how you found me. I have had the hardest time. I still don't feel like I belong in the national chapter, and I've been here for three. And I've been a member for three years. Um, I find the behavior at the the big conference to be kind of cliquish. Um, People do not seem to be interested in getting to know one another. Um, so it's been like, like I can't even move forward in that professional opportunity because, because I have a harder time reading body language, especially with people who have more subtle body language. So, and then we only meet like once a year, so I don't have a chance to know any of these people, you know, and no one has offered any kind of get to know you introductory opportunities either. You know, like for the illustrators, you just dive straight into, straight into going to somebody's house for like a group. But like if you have social anxiety or if you have a learning disability that affects how you interact with other humans, like you're not, that's not accessible for you. You're not going to do that because you don't know them and you're not comfortable in that situation. So, yeah, I feel like it's been an uphill battle. I definitely feel like people don't take me seriously as a comic artist because I draw cutesy stuff for kids, you know, but I will see, you know, other people getting more professional opportunities and it's like, oh, but he's a professional. And it's like, but how? Like, what is what does he have in his resume that I don't, you know? But anyway, I don't want to go into that too much because I don't want to discourage your listeners at all. That's why people are sticking around and fighting it out and being visible and trying to push for change so that it can be different for the next generation. Absolutely. And the story you just told, I, I feel as if in many ways you, you told my life story as well, because I've, I also have a disability and I fought through overcoming these social conventions and ex mm -hmm. expectations of what you should or shouldn't be. And I think that art as a medium and especially especially the the comic medium is a is a wonderful way of of connecting to readers and showing them the possibilities of what they can be yeah to give them some hope that things can be different because we have the we're telling fictional stories we can craft the world however we wish it were sure i remember years ago i, I read a quote by someone that said uh, you can't be what you can't see which was about representation in media mm -hmm. and what would if you were given the opportunity to to talk to not just our listeners, but say a, an audience of middle schoolers or high schoolers, what would you want to say to them to give them some optimism going forward in their lives? Probably that more people are carrying an unseen or a seen disability than they realize. So they're not struggling. If they are struggling, they're not struggling alone. You know, as an adult with ADHD, I talk about it really publicly because I want other people to feel like they're not alone and to feel comfortable. And so many other adults have either gotten tested since I talked to them or have started to embrace their, you know, their learning differences because we're normalizing it. And these are people I would not have guessed were ADHD and they didn't guess that I was either. And I'm just talking from that because that's my own personal one. 
My younger brother is bipolar, and just by being talking to people when he's comfortable about doing it, he's found so many friends who are struggling with their own burdens and with their own problems. When you're in middle school, when you're in high school, there's such a pressure to be just like everybody else and to be normal and to be homogenized. And, you know, if you've got family problems, you don't talk about it. Or if you've got social problems, like your friends are awful, you just kind of accept it because it's better to have some friends than to be all by yourself all the time. But as you get older, those things, those things start to change. People start to change. And by the time you're college age, those things don't necessarily matter anymore. So for me, the best advice is to find people who you click with, who get you, and who you can be yourself around, that you don't have to pretend to be someone else, or you don't have to curb every single behavior of yours. You can be you, and you can be happy. And accept them for who they are, too, because they're going to make mistakes, and they're going to screw up, and they're going to need patience and forgiveness, just like you would want patience, patience and forgiveness. And they should treasure you just as you should treasure them. Because in this world, it can be hard to find people who accept you for who you are. I think that's true. I, I didn't realize my disability existed until I saw it portrayed, ironically enough, in fiction. And mm -hmm. it opened up a whole different conversation. So I think that's the beauty of fiction is it, yeah. it gives people a safe way to start these discussions. And it gives you a chance to see things that have maybe always been negative to you portrayed in a different light. I think that's wonderful. And in conclusion, is there anything that you would like to, to say to our listeners or to, to give advice or to talk about what you've got coming up as in, yeah. in terms of your creative projects? Yeah. Um, so I said don't go into comics as an industry, but you should definitely draw comics. And it doesn't matter if you're not good at drawing because there's stick figure comics. And stick figure video games like West of Loathing or XKCD, and those are great, and people love them, and it's all stick figures. So don't let your drawing, your perceived drawing ability, stop you from telling the kind of stories you want to tell. And even if you're a writer, if you want to make comics, practice drawing, practice telling stories in a visual format, because it's going to make it easier for you to communicate with an artist, or you might end up like me, where you decide to just draw your own stuff because you're tired of other people not being able to, to carry their end of the deal. So, I mean, you're young, you've got so many years ahead of you, I promise you, even if you start today, you're still starting younger than I did when I got serious about it. So you've got all this room to learn and grow and so many awesome resources and kind people who had it hard when they were kids so they want to make it easier for you because that gives our lives value. It gives the things we went through value. It makes it not just a sad thing that happened, but a sad thing that happened for a good reason. So take people up on those offers and be grateful. Don't take it for granted. We don't owe you those things. We're doing it because we love you and we want you to succeed. And uh, I am working on finishing up the second volume of my middle grade watercolor comic, Seven Inch Care Up. If you're in the Nashville area, Nashville Public Library should have copies or they can get a hold of copies for you. If they don't have a copy, feel free to fill out a library request form and they'll get a hold of one for you. They have a budget for such things. And if you'd like to come see me at an event, um, I do classes for all ages. You can 
check the National Community Education uh, website. You can check Plaza Arts website. And you can check my website at 7inchcara.com or natosoup, N-A-T-T-O-S-O-U-P.com for more information on when I'm teaching classes, what classes I'm teaching, and whether those classes are open up, open for your age group. That's fantastic. And I think a lot of our listeners are really going to be interested in connecting with uh, either your classes or any of the comics you've done. And I myself want to read them as well. So. Oh, awesome. I can send you a copy if you want, but it's uh, up to chapter six is on 7inchcara.com. Okay. Well, I will be sure to check out the site, first of all. Yeah. And I know that not everybody can get out for classes or can afford classes. I have free tutorials on YouTube at youtube.com slash natosoup. I have comic tutorials, drawing tutorials, watercolor tutorials, marker tutorials. That is awesome. I really want to thank you. I, I really enjoyed talking to you today, and I think our listeners are going to enjoy listening to you as well. Oh, no problem. I really appreciate how thoughtful your questions were. I was When you asked if I was willing to talk about my art education background, I was kind of like, oh, dear, because that sometimes can go, woo. No, I think there's there's a lot to, to really look at there, and I'm I think, again, that um, your answers were very thoughtful as well, so... And, and they should be taken with a grain of salt, too. Those <laughs> are my experiences. Some of them were 10 years ago, but it is a lot of money to spend. And professionally, you will probably not make that money back to pay off those loans. So it's something you should, if you're really set on it, you should, I mean, when you're 18, $100,000, you don't know what 100000 I didn't know what $100,000 was, but it's three cars or it's a down payment on a house, which seems far away. But those debts may be chasing you for 25 years. Absolutely. and uh, Or if you, in my case, you could just spend $100,000 on cat toys and cat food. <laughs> yeah, but that's your choice. You made that with an, a willing heart. <laughs> well, my cat, my cat eats more expensive food than I do, I say. Oh, that's a mood. I need some, um, oh, what's it called? Whatever, it's expensive. <laughs> it's expensive. Yeah. Well, Becca, I, I really want to thank you again, and uh, we, will, we will be sure to share the finished product with you once we're done. Oh, yeah, please do. I'd love to share it. Thank you so much, Heather. Thank you. We'll, uh, we'll be in touch.